Andrew is the Aussie bloke living in the US. Heather is the American gal living in Australia. Together, they travel the world sharing strategies on how to put your business on autopilot. Doing business online is no longer about having a website. To get more clients and take care of the ones you have, you will need a map. They've got it. So sit back and relax and welcome aboard. This flight is bound to autopilot your business. On today's podcast, we are talking about what is working in blogging. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com. Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley. Welcome to podcast number 67. Today we're talking about blogging. We are talking about what is working, things are changing out there in internet world, what's working, what's not working, what used to work a couple of months ago is probably not working now. We are going to dissect, cut and work it out. We're going to feed it back to you and tell you what you need to know. Of course, lovely Heather Porter is on the other end of the line. Hello, Heather. Hi, Andrew. I always love how you stick good adjectives in front of my name. The lovely Heather Porter. I know. I need to do I'll do a new one for next week, I promise. You're good. How are you? How, how's everybody out there? How are you guys? Everyone is rocking and rolling today. Nice. That is what I've put on upon the world. They are rocking and rolling. How are you doing? What's going on with you? What's been what's been crossing your desk this week? Yeah, you know, actually, um, I used with a client this week a green screen studio. Uh-huh. And I have always said to people, go use a green screen studio. Just You can hire them, you know, for the, by the hour. They are really, really cool. If they're set up well, like we, we just showed up, the camera was in there, the teleprompter, they had fantastic lighting, they had a director, the camera guy, like you just show up and then they just sort of move you around and tell you where to go. And I think anybody that's looking to do some good film projects like very professional just google green screen studio it's the coolest thing and it's right at your fingertips for really good quality um video now you and i did a green screen video a bunch of videos last year i think it might have been or the year before actually Mm. whenever we did it we did it not so long ago and was that a green screen studio or was that just a green screen that was just a green screen. That was he had like a, a like a photography studio, but this is just literally walk in. Is the it's amazing. So it has one end of the room is a green screen, like completely head to toe. You have backlighting, front lighting, all these great mics coming down from the ceiling, and then all the walls have that um, what's that Strip soft lighting. Uh, that soft stuff that you punch on the wall. Oh for yeah, the the eggshell egg soundproofing. Yeah, has mm-hmm. soundproofing all on the walls. It was, mm. it was so like good quality. I was really impressed, and like to the point where I thought, oh, I want to come in here. Now <laughs> do I'm, I'm going to be really impressed. Did you take photos? You know what? Shoot, I didn't on my phone, but I did on on his phone. I'll see if I can get a couple copies. Yes. <laughs> God dang it, we're going to get these photos of these cool places so we can share them with the listeners because sometimes they want to see this stuff and I want to see this stuff. I I, I actually took photos of our setup. We were doing our um, our little TV show. We have a studio where we're doing a weekly TV show, as you know, with with another guy. And um, I took photos of the setup because it looks pretty cool. I'm going to post those for some people too. So This watch. is a real TV show, by the way, guys. This isn't like an online TV show. This is like old school TV, right? Well, it is. We're working on bringing that to the real TV. We've, got, um, we've done about six pilots. We've still got a couple of little sound issues that we're playing with. But that's the plan is to bring it to real TV. We've got it spaced. We've got it signed. The TV studio says, yes, let's do it. So we just made a matter of 
putting it all together now. It's exciting. So now, Andrew, I know we're, we're going to be um, talking about blogging specifically on this episode, but mm-hmm. before we do, I would like to know what you learned. <laughs> what did I learn? You know, I've learned lots <laughs> this week. I've been going deep into study mode again for a whole lot of things, all business-related, not so much internet marketing, but business-related. Yeah. But what I did learn or discover just just yesterday or two days ago was that Skype, that fabulous thing that we're even recording this podcast through, is now opening up its platform for video conferencing for more than one person. So, in fact, up to 10 people now can video conference with each other without paying for it. So whether you use Skype on a Mac or a PC or even Xbox, they've opened up the platform so that you can actually put all of that together Mm -hmm. and have a video conference with people. So they understand where, you know, Hangout, things like Google Hangouts are going, where you can use a Hangout and get on board with 10 people. They know that they're going to lose people if they uh, don't do something quickly, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, very cool. You were just testing that with me earlier. Yeah, we're doing. We're testing um, screen sharing with with a number of people. We found it a little bit fuzzy and hazy, so they're still probably working it out. So, um, but I'm sure that they're going to start creating better tools for that sort of uh, workload coming up. Cool. Now, what did you discover? What did you been? <laughs> what have you been looking at? Some crazy. futuristic things, actually, which ah. um, I, was, I was entertaining myself with just, you know, reading some blog posts and stuff. And one of them was about the future jobs, jobs that are coming up in the near future. And, you know, I already kind of, a couple of these I already see is is happening. Mm-hmm. One of them I was quite, thought was quite cool. It's called the Simplicity Expert. Mm-hmm. And listen to this. So the, the idea of a Simplicity Expert will be to go into business and they'll be tasked with condensing three days of work into a half hour. <laughs> Wow, the government will be shut down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but you know what? We're actually seeing this sort of start to happen with people actually coming out with products and services on how to get rid of your inbox. You know, your in emails in your inbox and just automation tools and things like that. So I'm not too surprised about that, especially as there's so much content, and so much stuff out there, especially in the online space where we just keep going. Oh my gosh, there's so much to learn. It's overwhelm, overwhelm. To have a simplicity expert come into your business and just say, no, you don't need that. Just do this. Is It's already kind of happening. I think, I think, happen. Yeah. Speaking of overwhelm, I think we did a podcast on that very subject just last week. That we did. That we did. So go and check that out. Um, one thing, I don't know if I've shared this stat with people on the podcast, but one thing that blows me away is that um, they're saying that the amount of information that we've created as a society between 2003 to 2013, information so accessible information that we can all get, is more than the entire world created from the dawn of time until 2003. Wow. That's a lot of information that we're getting pounded with. Like in 10 years, we have created more information than we have in thousands of years as a human race. And that is just – and that will probably be – we'll probably create about the same amount of information in the next three years as we did in the last 10, which is just mind-boggling. Another job that I saw that I quite like is called the Media Remixer, speaking of that, because now there is so much information. There's actually a job coming up where people are going to take photos and images and videos and you know music 
and remix them into a piece that can teach or share or entertain. Almost like how, you know, we've been talking about the Canva graphics and Pig mm. Monkey and using those types of images. It's taking it a step further. It's like using the animations and all the things together to be um, a new piece of content marketing. Mm. So just what we need, another, another job, another person putting out um, another form of content. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it's going to keep coming up. There'll be new it forms will. of content. And I guess the, the biggest the biggest thing is, you know, just take a breath. If you're starting to feel overwhelmed with it, take a breath, discover what works for you, and yeah. run with it. Don't have to try and be everything to everybody. No, absolutely anyway, not. Anyway, <laughs> i cut you off. No, you're fine. It's all good. And one last thing, actually. Um, this is pretty cool. So speaking of futuristic things, so our friend Amazon has just launched a new area called wearable technology. So you can go shopping for, you know, watches and, um, gosh, fit. it's called Fitbit. It's like a band that you can wear on your wrist, rings, mm-hmm. but all wearable technology. So if that's not – I always look at Amazon for trends, right? You do too. And if that's mm-hmm. not saying what's coming up, hmm, I yeah, don't know definitely. what is. Well, wearable technology has been in the news. You know, Google had a uh, contact lens that had a chip in it the, yeah, si- the size of a gold spec. You know, and that was processing information. That's just phenomenal. Wow. We've got Google Glasses. We've got watches. We've got rings that can work like Minority Report. You know, things are happening really fast. And uh, I'm not surprised that Amazon have done that at all. That's pretty, pretty amazing. It's pretty cool. Now, so speaking of content and, you know, adding to the noise or hopefully not adding to the noise that exists, but adding really good information to the world, we're talking about blogging. Yeah, what's working with blogging? What's going on? And blogging is changing. Google's changing. The internet mm. is changing. What you know? And I think I said at the start of the show, what was working a couple of months ago may not be working. You know, there was people that we would look at who were doing blog posts that were two or three lines long, but they were doing it either once or twice a day. And you know, that was they were swearing that that was the way to go. All of a sudden, they've stopped doing that sort of thing. And yeah. It's it's now is it they, have they stopped because they they ran out of things to say probably not I think they more or less stopped because it wasn't working like they were hoping it would or like it used to so they've gone and changed their changed their methods so there are people out there who are testing what works and you know we're keeping on track with those people and this is what we want to do here is give you the latest of what's happening out there yeah absolutely now I'm just curious how did you start. Uh, with your blog, how did that all get started for you? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good question. I I was really, I'm not a writer. I hate writing. And, and <laughs> I have the eternal writer's block, I think. You know, it's always, I'm always yeah. sitting there going, what am I going to write about? And so I used a, uh, a little website creation tool way back in 2000 and early. And um, it was a very, I mean, if I look at it now, I'd almost be embarrassed to tell people. But it was basically a had a it didn't even have graphics on it. It just had a headline of something like "What can I help you with? Ask me any question." And <laughs> it had a space for people to ask a question about internet stuff mm-hmm. um, or social media. I think back at the time was and um, so people were typing their questions, and that's how I would come up with topics to write. So I'd put the answer there for everybody to see, and so people could watch that. And that's how my blogging started. It was horrendously bad it was ugly and uh i've certainly come a long way since then but that was the that was the origination of how i did it i wanted i needed some help and i really wanted people to tell me what i needed to write 
Um, mm. You know, so if I didn't know the answer, I would, uh, you know, I'd go and research it and find the answer. Research equals Google. And um, <laughs> check, out, <laughs> check out what was going on and then write about it in my own words. So I was never copying and pasting anything. I was always rewriting it myself. But um, yeah, that was basically how I started blogging was coming up with ideas by asking people, <laughs> what do you want to learn? Give me something. Ask me a question just so I can write a blog post. Wow. So did you write the content? Did you actually type your answer into the same place people are uh, yeah. asking the questions? Yeah, there was a space for it that that, that just let me and, – and it was actually two, it was a two-part. One page was ask the question mm-hmm. and then another part was where you put a blog post. So I would actually just copy the – copy the question, paste it as the headline, and then type in my answer underneath that. It, was, it wasn't even a WordPress blog. It was something – I can't even remember what the, what the platform was I was using. It was, it was terrible. It was, it was, it was <laughs> but high. you know what, though? I think what you're saying is the actual fundamental concept of just asking people what they want to know and then answering it, uh-huh. it's, I mean, it works. It worked. You know? It exactly worked. You know, it wasn't a massively trafficked blog or anything, but it got me started. It's like, hey, this is not so bad. You know, yeah. if, as long as someone can help me think about what I need to write, cool, I can do that. And but it's um, a re- really yeah. good point because you were saying you don't like to write. So uh, there's, an, I mean, there's going to be probably more more than, what, 80% of the people or out there that probably don't like to write. I mean, I think there's a very small percentage of people actually say, yeah, I love to write. Yeah. I want to get in there and write. So the idea of just being able to think, you know, a blog could be as simple as having a Q and an A sort of concept is good. That's all. That's all it was. That was all. That's all it took. And then, you know, after I was writing a couple of sentences, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I can work out how to record a video. And this is before such things as ScreenFlow and Jing. There was, you know, it was still expensive to have um, that sort of stuff. So um, I think I just actually took some photos, like screen photo shots, and put them inside a video. Yeah. On, on iMovie or something like that, way back in 07 when iMovie was around. Well, I mean, it's still around, but when I was using it originally. So, um, yeah, so I started to implement that, and I found that was a lot easier for me to do a video rather than mm-hmm. just write things. So that was, yeah, that worked well. So that's how I got into it. What about you? What, did, what was your beginnings of blog world? How did you get into that sort of stuff? Yeah, it's a good question. I, look, I think mine is probably about five years ago-ish, around that time, mm-hmm. and um I was just then starting to learn about hosting and buying domains and how to set up WordPress and how to actually kind of create your own blogging environment instead of having WordPress host it for you. And I remember I was watching the domain Heather Porter. There's a model in America that is named Heather Porter. There's a few of us out there actually. And she There's only only one of you. There's only one of you. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So she owned the domain. And I was watching it like a hawk, right? Because I I learned how to actually uh, understand registrars and where to look up public records and find out when things are expiring. And I was watching it. I thought, oh, my gosh, my domain, heatherporter.com, is going to expire. This this other person is going to expire next month. It just happened to be that lucky. And I ended up um, watching it, and it expired. I was able to get my name as a domain. And I thought, cool, I have my name and I know how to put WordPress on it, and which is a great blogging platform. And I got it all set up. I got some sort of WordPress theme on there that was very ugly as well to start mm-hmm. with, but I just got started. And then I remember sitting there thinking, well, I don't really have time. I'm really busy and I was traveling a lot back then. And 
And then I thought, oh, cool, okay, I'll just get a VA to do it. So I got this really great girl to start to write for me, and she would give me ideas for, for topics and such. And I still wasn't getting a lot of traffic, and I kept thinking, well, how do I crack this thing? And, you know, I don't know if these, t- these articles really sound like me. And one day I thought, why don't I just teach? You know, why don't I teach some things on my, web- my website? And so I actually created a few videos, video tutorials, and I used those as a blog post. So my blog post was essentially an embedded YouTube video mm-hmm. and then the notes of the video. So in the video, I discussed like how to do this and how to do this and where to go find that. So I put the URLs, I put additional notes and resources and how-tos. And gosh, you know, to date, I think one of those videos has 43,000 views. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> as soon as I started teaching, uh, all of my blog posts, by the way, on my website, that have the highest traffic and the highest engagement are me teaching stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's like I think blogging for a lot of people is one of those things where you, you think – I should be doing this or I should be doing that or I should be copying this person over there. But it's kind of a personal thing where you want to discover what's going to actually suit your skill set as a teacher Mm -hmm. and as a writer and as a business owner and as a brand. And for you, Andrew, it might be Q&A. And for me, it was teaching and tutorials. And Mm -hmm. there's loads of other things out there that we're going to go into and give you guys ideas too. But it's just – it's a personal thing and it's one of those things where get the fundamentals – Right, and then the sky's the limit with where you want to take it. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it, it is a matter of finding your own style. Some people love writing, so that's great. Other yeah. people just like doing images. You know, you and I looked at a blog post or a blog site recently that had it was just images. There was no text on it at all. It was just a um, a graphical sort of site that had some images of photos that this person was taking. So mm-hmm. it's whatever you want it to be, really. I mean, this is the great thing about blogging is there is no, there's no specific rules as far as creativity goes and what content you want to send out. Yeah. But there are a couple of things that you really want to think about in order to get traffic doing, A, getting there, but also doing what you want them to do when they get to your site, right? Yeah, absolutely. So really, I guess what we're going to share now is what we're finding that works no matter what. The things that you want to keep in mind, no matter what you're going to talk about in your blog or what you're going to teach or what you're going to share. Um, and, and really, it's just a handful of things. And so let's start with the first one, which is All quite right. the, ob- it's the <clears throat> obvious one. It's the headline. It's the title of your yes. post. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, kick us off. So with the title of your post, what you're doing, this, this is the key thing. This is basically what is going to get somebody to click and read and see what you're sharing in the rest of your blog post. So you want it to be all about the person that's visiting your page. What are they going to get out of it? What are they going to learn from you? So five tips to this or um, how to stop wasting time with this. I've seen some people try and get like artistic or creative about blog post titles Mm -hmm. and the second you do that, there's like a lot of it, – it's very vague and the user of the, your site is going to say, I don't, I don't even really know what that is. I'm busy. I have too much stuff going on in my life. I don't even know what it is. I'm not even going to click on it. Yeah, you so, know what? You're right. I think the attention span of people is so less. so small right now. There's like give me something that I really want to see. Give me a title that's going to grab me. Give it to me specifically because I want to know. And I guess this is the – and great copywriters say this that – the, the reason you have a headline is to draw people to the next sentence. And then yeah. that sentence has to draw people onto the next sentence and so on. And uh, yeah. if you have a fluffy 
a fluffy headline that doesn't make sense. It confuses the reader. People are going to go, oh, you know what? I can't even be bothered working it out. I don't understand what you're talking about. Um, I don't think I even want to read it because I don't get what your headline is. And then you've lost them. And you were saying earlier, you can't be everything to everyone. Same with a blog post. You can't try and cram in a hundred topics into one blog post. Mm. Each blog post is about one topic. So, and what that's what's beautiful about a blog post is you don't have to get too complex and you're really essentially choosing a keyword phrase, which is a, a few words that somebody would say search in a, in a search engine on how to fill in the blanks, right? Mm -hmm. So you're literally basing your blog post on a topic, one topic, and then you put those keywords in the title around what it, what they're going to learn. So five tips to how of how to blah, 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 or, you know, save time using blah, 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 <laughs> and the blah, blah, blah is your keywords. Yeah. So um, you don't have to be too fancy with it. And you're just you're respecting the person's time uh, with, you know, who's coming to your site. You know, what's um, a good idea that I've, I like, and I've heard this a number of times is if you get stuck for cool headlines, go and look at magazines, especially yeah, especially the the, tra the trashy the magazines, the better, um, <laughs> because they they're designed to be basically sitting at a checkout um, yeah. in a supermarket. So as you walk through the aisle in the checkout, those magazines are the last things you're going to probably purchase before you leave that store, and they mm. have to grab your attention. And if the line, if the headline doesn't work. And those, those magazines can be full of the best copy, the best information in the world, but no one even opens it up because the headlines didn't work for them. Yeah, that's a very good point. I just started getting a couple of magazine subscriptions on my Kindle or on my, um, yeah, my Kindle app, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I just pop up my iPad and then have a look just at the cover of the mags to mm -hmm. get an idea for, for you know, copywriting. Because like you said, you're never going to buy the magazine if the front cover doesn't do its job. Yep. So... Great, you know, great ideas for headlines. So again, just the, no matter what your blog post is, the headline is always the, I guess the ideas of how to write a headline is always going to be the same. It's the same principles as emails too, you know. Yeah. If you've got a great headline, people are going to open your email. If they don't, if you don't have a good headline on your email, they're not going to open it and therefore you've wasted your time even writing the email in the first place. True. So yeah. So what about what about length of blog post? How long should a blog post be? You know, we we said at the, at the in the start of the show that there was someone writing some short blog posts, but now they're not. So what is the what is the best length these days? Yeah, it's a really good question because again, I think that there's no 100% airtight rule on this. I think that you want to mix it up, and the reason why I say that is this: one of the biggest sites right now I always talk about is Upworthy, Upworthy.com, and it is essentially a microblog. Um, it's a microblog. You know, all the posts on there are videos that their curators bring, and then they just write a short paragraph about the video. And that's really what the site is. And now, if it's one of the most highly trafficked sites in the world for having small blog posts, obviously that works. But then again, we're also talking about search engines because this site, Upworthy, is a, is a highly shareable site. So people are sharing the uh -huh. stuff on social media. I was going to say it's very viral, this site. Right? Viral, yeah. So it's a big viral component. Yeah. But so that probably that engagement side will help with their search engine rankings and all that stuff as well. But I've never Googled them as well. I, I always get my stuff from my social media for mm -hmm. them. But if you're looking from a search engine perspective, I know you and I were just researching what's the latest being said around this. And gosh, what is it? Um, 600 to 1500 words was what we were seeing. Yeah, 600 to 1500 word blog posts is, mm. is seems to be somewhere in the sweet spot. Now, 
I think you and I, we were often saying, you know, up 400 words or so is, yeah. a, is a good mark, but now they're saying at least 600 and anything up to 1500 because 600, you haven't got enough time to give good value. And then 1500 has to be really good to keep the reader engaged for that long. So uh, that is that is about the right length they're saying. And there's been some studies done on what's working best as far as search engines go. That seems to be the sweet spot. Yeah. So for me, I'm not going to let that freak me out, you know, and think, oh, great, now I have to write a really long blog post. Right, for me, right. how I would read into that is, okay, so I need to make sure that I cover all my bases. So I want to write long blog posts sometimes. And I want to, um, you know, if I feel like doing a video, I'm still going to do videos and I'll just, you know, have a paragraph on those. But I'm going to just rotate through and mix it up. So I have some blog posts that are hopefully easily shared on social media, but then I have ones that also attract the search engines. Uh, yeah. So I was just saying, I think the key thing is that you've got to write for your reader, not the search engines. Good point. Right. Just if your reader is used to you writing short blog posts, then, and you're getting a good tra- good traffic from those blogs, then keep writing short ones. If you try and change it because the search engine world says that's what you've got to do, then you might, you might suddenly lose all your readers. So if you're happy with your readership, I wouldn't change anything. And, and a big part of SEO, after all, is how long people stay on your site mm-hmm. and what they're doing and are they engaging and are they clicking on other articles and going to other pages. So writing for your reader is the best way to do that. Yep. So that's a good point. So what about what about um, images? And, and you, you talk a lot about putting videos in there. Is videos worth it? Um, what about images? Should we put images in, in these blog posts? What do you think? Yeah. So first of all, on the video point, I suppose, uh, if you're teaching something, absolutely, videos are great. If there's some really substantial good value in those, because again, with the taking into mind that a video keeps people on your website longer, so they're on your web page watching the video and hopefully engaging with your website. Mm. Now, images, we're just all trained. I mean, images in the last year or so, have just they're, they're huge. Like we have apps to d- develop them. We have new websites like PicMonkey and Canva to design beautiful images, even if we don't have a background in design. Um, everywhere you're looking on social media, you see these images with words on top of them. So as far as an image perspective, we're, we're visual creatures online. We just want to scroll and get to the point. And images are a beautiful way of helping you understand what you're learning and what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So very important to use them. Yes, very good. Very important how you name them as well. And I always say this to everybody. A lot of people will um, get the stock image, like they go to iStock Photo or Shutterstock, mm-hmm. and they'll download the image. Now, those websites name the image iStock.01800, blah, 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 the number of the image, mm-hmm. like the scan number. Some people actually literally take that image and keep it named like that and mm-hmm. then put it into their blog post still named like that. <laughs> and- That's crazy. <laughs> I gosh, I've seen it so much and or image one zero, you know, the the how your camera will name an image as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. The the best thing you can do, going back to the whole headline and the title of your blog where you have that keyword phrase, is to use the keyword phrase as your image name. So search engines can't well they kind of can see what an image is, but they can't really tell yet what an image is about. So you want to name your image so you're telling the search engines that this is what my image is, therefore my article is also about this. Mm-hmm. So really good tip. And then when you're, you're, you're doing that, make sure that you not only name the title of that, but you've named the alternate text, that image keyword phrase as well. The alternate text says to the search engines, this is what it's all about. You can do a funny thing. You go to um, Google Images and you, just, and you type in 
IMG underscore pick a number 100 as far as <laughs> and you'll, yeah. you'll get you get thousands and thousands of photos on websites from people that have just written um, that, that's that's the that's the name of their image from <laughs> so uh, exactly. pick a number and and you can just see a, a complete randomness of photos of all sorts of stuff. It's, I've heard so many people, they come to me like in whether I'm doing webinars or speaking or whatever, and they say, oh, yeah, I remember you taught me that tip, and, and then I got lazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I stopped doing it. And look, it's it's such an important thing. It really is. It is it's worth your while just naming your image, the just what your article is about. So just remember to do that going forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I love it. I love it. I'm, just, I'm laughing at Google right now. It's just... The hundred. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, okay, so then what about um, calls to action in your blog post? Is it, is it important for them to do something in your blog post or you just want them to read? What, what, what's, the, what's the thoughts these days about that? Yeah, absolutely. Have them take that next step with you. So if they've read your blog post, then especially if they get to the bottom of your blog post, chances are they found a good amount of value in it. So you can in your website actually program into the code to have an opt-in box that displays at the bottom of every single one of your blog posts. You know, you could say something like, do you like what you see? Do you want more of this? Um, you know, never miss an article that I publish. Enter your email here. So you can have an opt-in box that goes into your main funnel or your main email list at the bottom of every single blog post, which I highly recommend. But also have call to actions in just the links inside of your blog post itself. So what this is kind of known as interlinking, where you're linking to other articles or other resources on your website. So you might say, like, and I I do this as well, in my tutorials, I, I would say, um, if you still don't know how to do this, then watch this tutorial before you start this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually taking them to another blog page. So your call to actions are also about where to access other resources on your site. Always hyperlink those keywords as well. So um, say, learn. if you don't know too much about Facebook marketing yet, go ahead and, and watch my video on how to market using Facebook. And I'll actually link the words how to market using Facebook to my other blog posts rather than just saying click here and linking those words. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another way of using a call to action. And the third way that I like is a specific opt-in or banner or something on that particular blog post that helps them go to the next level with you that's specific to what they're learning. So if you're writing a blog post again on, say, Facebook marketing, you might then say, hey, um, somewhere in the blog post or as a banner, we have an amazing Facebook training tutorial series. Click here to learn more. And Mm -hmm. then that would take them onto a sales page. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. That's good. Now, I know this has flown past this podcast. We're already... Up around near our our, uh, our time coming up here, but just before we do wrap up, what about um, blog series? I've heard people talk about blog series and yes. how they can how they put. And we've done a, we've done podcast series where we've talked about metrics. And if you want to look at some of our podcast series, you can go to our website autopilotyourbusiness dot com forward slash podcasts, and you will see some of our. Um, our Learn to Love Your Stats and also our Automate Your Business podcast. But what about that sort of stuff as far as blog series go? What, what's what's the thoughts behind those and are they still working? Oh, absolutely, because we were just talking about that interlinking thing, bringing people through your site to other pages. The easiest way to do that is a blog series. So how would a blog series work? Is essentially um, different blog posts teaching you 
something. So it's a great way of using tutorials where you might have a part one, part two, part three, etc. And the way I have done it and I've seen it done that works really well is you create all of your blog posts to start with. So you just you know, you actually write those out and you get the URLs for each one. And then the last post that you do is almost like an index page where you have all the URLs linked. So how you would work that is, say you have part one. At the bottom of part one, you, would all, you could put a little URL that says to find out all the other blog posts in this series, go ahead and click here. Mm-hmm. And that would take them to that index post that I spoke about. But then you might also say in that part one, um, to continue reading the next lesson, click here to go to part two, for example. Mm-hmm. So you're interlinking all over the place, back to the index page or like the, the catalog, I suppose, of the, the URLs in that series. But you're also linking back and forth between your articles, much like what you were saying before, where you're kind of leading people through a journey. So they might have come in on your website, say, on part three. Because mm-hmm. they Googled the keywords and they found part three. So in part three, you're going to definitely say, don't forget, remember back in part two, I taught this, this, and this. And you're going to hyperlink back to part two. So again, you're making it easy for people to be on a journey and learn different pieces um, as a part of that tutorial series. Yes, yes. Awesome. Wow, that's really good. Cool tips. Now, cool tips. Um, I just gave the website URL. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up this call? I think the last thing is just navigation mm-hmm. when you're doing blogging. Make sure that it's very, very easy for the person when they come in your blog to know where to go next. And mm. what do I mean by that? Basically, a, most of your traffic, if you're doing blogging ongoing, is actually going to come in from search engines or social media to a blog post and not to the home page of your website. So you want to make sure that your opt-in boxes, like I was saying, are, are on your blog page, that you have a clean navigation up at the top for people to find out more about you. Um, you, you have to think of it in terms of if they've never seen me before and they hit my, my website from this blog post, are they going to have everything they need to see or know on that particular page to then take a next step with me? Mm, very good. Good points, good points. H, I love it. I think there's a bunch of knowledge, a bunch of information for people too if you're thinking about either updating your blog posts or continuing with your blog posts, then um, this has certainly been some good information for people. I think they should take it. Um, if you need to see the show notes, how can they get the show notes? Easy, easy, autopilotyourbusiness.com forward slash podcast and just come on over to, what's this episode again, 67, Andrew? number 67. Just, just testing. <laughs> 67. Click on number 67 and you'll get all the different links and show notes that um, we've discussed with you here on this episode. Awesome. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, we'd love to leave a review. We want to give you a shout out. So if you're listening to us, um, just leave a quick little review. Tell us what you liked about the show. Uh, If you're listening to us on Stitcher or Spreaker or Podomatic, leave a review there too. We love to see reviews. It also helps us too. It helps us get the message out to more people. So if you could do that, we would be eternally grateful. We will show you with our love. <laughs> that we would. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right. Hey, good, good job. I'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. And as always, you guys, thanks for your support and, and uh, listening to us wherever you may be in the world. Yes. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Make sure to grab our free business automation guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to aybpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be seated with their seatbelt securely fastened.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.